You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And as with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself, someone say himself, some of the proceeds and brought only a portion of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? Someone say Satan. To lie to the Holy Spirit and you've kept back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold. Did not it remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? So why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. A great fear came on all that heard it. The young man rose, wrapped him up and carried him and buried him. Verse seven, after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me what you sold the land for. So much? And she said, yes for so much. Verse nine, and Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you. Immediately she fell down and at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11, and great fear came upon the whole church. Someone say great fear. And all that heard these things, I came to tell you this morning that mammon has nowhere to go when God has your entire heart. The title of this message is Mammon Go. Someone say it with me, Mammon Go. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we declare that this church is yours. We don't make room for you, we give you the room. So Holy Spirit, we say have your way in this place. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to breathe upon your Logos word, your written word. I pray you'd become alive in, in, in our hearts. I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying. Father, I thank you that your word is true and that every man's a liar. I declare it's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We declare right now no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is well Welcome in this place. So we say fear, you have to go. Doubt, you have to go. Mammon, you have to go. Holy Spirit, come, rule and reign. Father, I thank you that nobody came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said amen and amen. Well, we are stewarding a prophetic word of expanding territory this year. The Lord spoke to us and said it was a First Chronicles 4.10 year, that this would be a year that, oh, he would bless us indeed, expand our territory, put his hand of favor upon us, and keep us from evil. That prayer is literally saying, Lord, you determine the blessing, and you determine my response to this blessing. I want to encourage you to make sure that you are declaring this prayer over your family, declaring this prayer over your children, declaring this prayer over your life every single day. Amen? At Mercy Culture, we have a value of trust. And so we say we lean into awkward. And the reason why we say that is because in relationships, there's always these awkward moments that trust is either built or trust is either torn down. And whenever you feel an awkwardness, it's a good sign to lean in and build relationships rather than pull away when you feel awkwardness. 
So this morning, I'm going to lean into you and build some trust. Why don't you lean in and I'll lean in. Let's just lean in together to build some trust. And so I want to lean in to the topic on money in the church. How many have seen pastors lie, manipulate, plagiarize the text, abuse people, manipulate people, and try to control people through money in giving? Can I see your hands? Okay, at the same time, I have seen that, and I've also seen church folk try to use their money to influence, control, and manipulate pastors. So there has been dysfunction on both sides. Do you know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft is controlling people. That's what witchcraft is, controlling. And a lot of people think it's just spells and incantations. But anytime you are trying to manipulate and control people, witchcraft is involved. And so we have to build trust together and say it is wrong. Manipulation is wrong. So anytime you're trying to get people to give and mani- motive, or manipulating them by having certain people get in certain kind of lines with certain amount of money, it's manipulation and it's wrong. And we've handled this very, very poorly in church. But because we've been afraid to talk about it and afraid to be honest by it, we have not built the trust that we need to take the territory we need to take. So it's allowed a lot of awkwardness or lack of trust in the body of Christ. So then people say stuff like, well, I just don't trust the church with my money. First of all, it's not yours. You're the steward of it. Second of all, how is it that you trust your church with your soul, but not your money? Does that make sense to you? Does it make sense to me? If it doesn't make sense, it's probably because it's a spirit. There is a spirit that is an operation and we have to call it out for what it is. Listen, at Mercy Culture, we do not manipulate. In fact, we don't even ask people for money ever. When we went through our church planting, we went through these courses and they're teaching us how to, how to manage and do all this stuff. And one of the courses that we went through was meeting with high donors. And, and I had to fill out information of how we would meet with high donors. And I put in, in, in the questionnaire thing, I won't do that. And then I, 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 go, I go to the place and, and you're supposed to sit down and they're like, well, you, you need to go and, and, and meet with them and, and, and we're going to have a businessman come sit down with you and he's going to pretend to be a, a donor in your church and, and you need to rehearse conversations that you'll have with them. I said, I won't do that. They said, well, well Landon, it's part of the thing that you signed up to go through and so you have to go through this. And so, and so I, I, I went and I sat down in, in with them and I sat down and I said, sir, I will not have a conversation like this with anybody. I said, what I'm going to do is teach people how to hear God and obey. God will speak to people. He'll tell them what to do, when to do it. I won't manipulate. And if the church doesn't grow, it won't grow. But if it grows, it'll be because God moved on the hearts of his people. Half of you might be clapping and the other half might not be because you haven't learned how to hear God obey yet. We'll get you there. 
We don't manipulate. Manipulation is wrong. And the church has been dysfunctional with money. 2,000 years of dysfunction where they think that you're more spiritual if you're poor. You may just be a bad steward. Or you're more spiritual if you're wealthy. I'm gonna be very, very clear about something and and, and the first service had a hard time with this. Uh, There is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. Everyone's like, I don't know to clap. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. I'm just going to wait it out. He's going to explain it eventually. I'm just going to wait it out. Anytime you put anything in front of the gospel, it becomes a false gospel. The gospel is the good news that you could not buy yourself salvation. You can earn it, you can't deserve it. On your best day, you're not good enough, but because of his grace, because of his mercy, he went to an old rugged cross and it paid the highest price for your sins and mine. That is the gospel. Anything else is a false gospel. But what happens is is people take scriptures that sound good out of context and they use it to manipulate. But don't worry, y'all. There would be no prosperity preachers like that manipulating texts if you didn't give to them. They got to partner with your greed for that nonsense. It's quiet in this spirit-filled church. People are going home. They're like, honey, we got to throw away those cloths. Throw away the anointing oil. Throw it all away. quiet in this church. Let me give you my personal stance on wealth. Can I give you my personal stance? It's actually not a stance. It's just scripture. Proverbs 38. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the bread that is my portion. Otherwise, I may have too much and deny you saying, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still profaning the name of God. Let me ask this question. What does your Bible say about money? Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm going to say this again. Not what the podcast preacher says the Bible says about your money. What does the Bible say about money? Let me give you a few scriptures. 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 1 Timothy 3.3. Do not be given to drunkenness, nor violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Hebrews 13.5. Keep your lies free from the love of money and be content with what you have. I want to make sure that this is abundantly clear. I just used three scriptures to teach this to you. Money is not good or evil. The love of it. And usually people that have stewarded poorly blame money as being evil for why they don't have any to steward. When scripture says the love of it is what makes it evil. There are hundreds of scriptures on money, on wealth, on generosity. There are dozens of scriptures on greed and greediness. And there are two chapters that speak from four different times about mammon. What is mammon? Mammon 
is mentioned in Matthew 6.24 and Luke chapter 16. In Matthew 6.24, it says, you cannot serve both God and mammon, the King James says. Luke 16.13 says it again. No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one or love the other, or you'll hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Other versions say money, but the actual translation of this word is not money, it is the spirit that rests on money. Mammon is the meaning of wealth, profit, and just or unjust riches. It is the God of riches. Or if I can make this very simple and plain, mammon is the spirit that rests on money. It got hot in this service. Thank you, Diana. It is the spirit that rests on money. We get mammon from the Assyrians. It was their God of riches. They adopted it from the Babylonians. We see this with the Tower of Babel. Genesis chapter 11, verse four, it says, they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. Here's what they said. We will get to heaven on our own without God. And we will not make his name known, we'll make our own name known. Remind me of the people that think they're self-made. Babel means we'll get there on our own. Babel uh, means this, it partners with mammon that you do not need God. Mammon is a spirit that is in direct conflict with God. So let me describe this spirit to you. The spirit of mammon is when you struggle with greed. Do you know that what greed is? Greed is when enough is never enough. Have you ever had something that you thought would make you happy and as soon as you made it, it made you happy, a few months would go by and you were really happy, but after a few months you weren't as happy as you thought you were gonna be happy and the happiness started to linger a little bit. I remember when I was 16 years old, I, I just thought I needed a car and once I got this car, I'd be happy and then I got the car that I thought would make me happy and then I needed something else. Maybe you thought you just needed a husband and as soon as you got a husband, you'd be happy and then, then you just needed a house and, and then you'd be happy and you got the house and then you just needed kids for the house and that would make you happy and then you needed the kids to get out of the house. But it's that thing where enough is never enough. Greed is when you care more about stuff than people. When you drive by someone who may be in need and you start to analyze why they're in that position or their degree of laziness versus just seeing them in their needs. Enough is never enough. In fact, there's, there's this principality or a high-ranking demonic force that the Lord showed me that reigns over the west side of Fort Worth, and it's a principality of greed. I taught on this in the, in the sermon on unseating principalities, that this rules and reigns. I was talking to one of our apostolic elders, uh, uh, Pastor Tom Lane, and he told me a similar demonic spirit rests over Dallas as well. The spirit of greed is birthed in mammon. What is mammon like? Mammon is when you're always fearful of money. You continually think you'll be happy with more money. You have convinced yourself that you will finally be generous when you have more. 
Mammon is involved if you put your own value in your net worth. It's mammon if you're gripped by anxiety over your financial situation. It's mammon that brings comparison between your lives and other people's lives. And even though you're on a nice vacation, you look at other people on vacation and look how they're going on their vacation and what things do they have and how long did they stay. And there's this constant comparison that you have. Mammon doesn't like associating with people that are either richer or poorer than them. Mammon is when you envy others when they prosper. Mammon is when there's obsessive worrying over finances. Matthew 13, 22, Jesus is telling a parable. He said, it's like the seed falling among the thorns. It refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Ah, see, people that struggle with mammon call their stuff fruit. And the reason why they call their stuff fruit is because they don't have spiritual fruit. Let me help you. The only fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's it. So if you can't produce spiritual fruit, you have to substitute stuff for fruit. Oh, look at my new car. Oh, it's just fruit. Look how good God's been. Look at this house. Look at this fruit. That's just a car and house. It will burn. Anyone ever drive through those old neighborhoods that used to be like the place to live and now they're all run down 20, 30 years later? But one day that was the place to be. Hmm. Mammon is when you do not bear spiritual fruit. How about this one? This is for a lot of people. This will be, a, this will be a, a, an automatic tell if mammon's involved in your life. You're afraid of not having enough before what you have is gone. You are afraid of not having enough when you have enough today. Because greed, enough is never enough. First Kings chapter 17, it's a story of, put up on the screen, it's a story of uh, Elijah and a widow woman. He went to a woman and said, would you make me a cake? And she said, I can't do that. I only have enough to make one piece of cake for me and my son. Look at this. And she said, my plan is to eat the cake and die. That's mammon. She couldn't see the Lord ordered her steps to a prophet. She couldn't see provision was there before it ran out. She couldn't see with spiritual eyes. She was gripped by the fear of not having enough when what she had today was enough. You ready for this one? I could really serve God if this happens. Can I tell you what you're really saying to all of us? I don't really serve God now. Oh, but, but, but if I got a raise, I could, and if I just had more time off, and if I just had this money, and if this deal went through, then I could, oh, I could really just do something great for God. I pastor you today. You know you struggle with mammon when you don't tithe. It's quiet in this spirit-filled church. John 12, 6, he, Judas, said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Someone say thief. 
And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself, someone say himself, to whatever was put in it. This scripture in John chapter 12 is from the song that Danny sings about an alabaster box. A woman came and gave this beautiful fragrance to the Lord and she poured it on the Lord's feet. And when she poured it on the Lord's feet, Judas said, whoa, 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 don't waste it because we could use this to help the poor. He said it was to help the poor, but he really didn't want to help the poor. Scripture said he wanted to help himself. So he pretended that he was generous. He pretended he was a steward, but really he was a thief. Not only was he a thief to the money bag, but scripture says that he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I remember when I was a young man, 15 years old, my, my youth pastor is a friend of mine today, and his name is Pastor Israel Campbell. He's, he's been out to Mercy Culture. He preached here when we were in Pascal High School. And he took me as a 15-year-old to go play laser tag. Just being a good youth pastor, hanging out with the pastor's kid. We're having fun time. And he handed me his wallet. And he said, hey, go pay for the laser tag. And so I went up to the counter and I opened it up. And it was full, jam-packed full of $20 bills. I was like, this is a miracle because he's a youth pastor. How do you, where do you get this money? <laughs> and so... He had so many $20 bills. I was like, surely he won't notice all of them, a few of them missing. And I took a few of the $20 bills. I took $100 from him. And I put it in my pocket and then he paid for laser tag. We had a great time and it was great. Fast forward 20 years. He's coming to preach at Mercy Culture and it was the week he was coming and I'm just praying for you. I'm praying for Mercy Culture. I'm praying for him. And the Holy Spirit said, remember when you stole from him? My theology is blown. I'm like, what happened to the sea of forgetfulness? <laughs> so he came and preached that mercy culture, throw that picture up there. And I got to return the money that I stole from him as he came to the pulpit before he came. Scripture says to make things right before you minister. <laughs> I stole a hundred, but Judas stole straight from Jesus. Do you know what 30 pieces of silver cost? I have a really good friend. You can take that picture down. I have a friend named uh, Kevin. He, he lives in Washington. He's been a great friend of mine, and, and he owns this gold and silver brokerage. And, and, and I, I messaged him this week. I said, Kevin, how much was the 30 pieces of silver that Jesus was betrayed for? How much is that worth today? He said, in today's market, it would be $600. I want you to think about this for a second. That not only did he steal regularly, from Jesus' account, his ministry account, but he betrayed Jesus for $600. I know there's people that are thinking, man, Judas was a bad guy. I, I would never, I couldn't imagine stealing. Could you imagine stealing from Jesus? Could you imagine of taking money from Jesus for betraying him for $600? And here's the thing. Many of us think I can never do something like that and steal from Jesus, but you rob from God all the time by withholding your tithe. Mm. 
Malachi 3 says, you rob me. And they're like, how do I rob you? I don't rob you. You rob me in your tithes and offerings. It is the same principle of stealing from Jesus or withholding your tithe. Hmm. This is so important you understand this. What would cause you to steal? What would cause you to withhold? And the answer is, it's a spirit. It is a demonic spirit called mammon. Let me ask you this question. What if a demonic spirit called mammon was using money to control you? I'm going to prove to you that this is a spirit, but it's interesting because you know it's a spirit because spirits have voices. And you can hear the voice of mammon, that demonic spirit of mammon, when fear rises up in you and you're afraid to not give. When you're afraid, things are going to run out. The voice talks to you all the time. It's, when, it's interesting how you can go and extravagantly give anything that you want to yourself. You can get a new watch. You can get new outfits. You can upgrade your car. You can get that vacation home you ever wanted. You can go on that dream vacation once COVID's over. You can do all of the stuff that you'd want, and there's no problem. But the moment you begin to go and give to God, all of a sudden, oh, you shouldn't do that. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that some of you have friends that you could literally light money on fire, you could do whatever you would want with it, but if you tell them you gave to your church, like, why would you do that? Spirits have voices. And whenever you start getting close to obedience and generosity, mammon starts talking to you. I'm gonna give you three examples in the text where a spirit, a demonic spirit called, called mammon, begins to operate and talk to people. First is in Genesis chapter one, beginning in verse 28. It says, and God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said, be fruitful and multiply in number. Subdue the earth or expand territory. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Look at this, verse 29. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours. Look at this again. We're stewards. God says, I, I own this and I'm going to entrust this to you. So in Genesis 2, they start stewarding what God gave them. It says, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it. He took care of it or he stewarded it. And again, the Lord commanded the man, you may eat from the tree of any of the garden." But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good or evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. So watch this. Genesis 1, God says, I'm going to give you everything that's mine. Genesis 2, he says, but I want you to steward this. And there's some things I want you to refrain from. There's some things I want you to separate yourself from. These are going to be holy And then in Genesis chapter three, Satan comes in. This demonic spirit of mammon, let me show you. Says this, verse one, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Isn't it interesting that the heresy of deconstruction has the same words as this? You must not eat 
from any of the tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit in the tree of the garden. But God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit was, of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desiring for gaining wisdom, she took it and she ate it. Watch this. God said in verse chapter one, I'm giving you what's mine. In chapter two, he said, don't touch this one tree, steward everything else, but I'm reserving this. Don't touch it. And then in chapter three, the enemy comes through the spirit of mammon and says, did God really say the greatest deceptions of mankind come through the question, does God's word really say? And you cannot respond what God's word says if you don't know God's word. Watch. They have every tree, every fruit in the garden, but mammon comes and says, you need more. You need more. You deserve more. Did God really said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Lied to them. Watch, they partnered with it. And then here's what scripture says. Watch, they made for themselves coverings. Uh, when they are covered with the glory of God, watch, through the spirit of mammon, they have to make more for themselves. See, those that are bound by the spirit of mammon, the presence of God is not enough. You need more. Mammon always says you need more. Second example is in Matthew chapter 4. It's mammon and the temptation of Jesus. On the third temptation, Satan takes Jesus to a high mountain and says, I will give all of this to you if you will just kneel down and worship me. Verse 10, Jesus responded, get out of here, Satan. For scripture says, you must worship the Lord and serve him only. Watch this. The spirit of mammon is in competition with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. Watch, because he already met mammon. And when Adam gave in to mammon, Jesus opposed mammon. And here's the thing. Mammon says, watch, look at all this stuff that I can give you if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus understood it's not yours to give. Everything you're offering me already belongs to my father. But you think you own it. Uh. Isn't it interesting how some people think their money is theirs and how Satan thought the world was his align? You need to understand this. More than anything on the planet, Satan wants your worship. 
Do you know why you're hated so much by him? Do you know why he comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Because you bear the image of God. And you, we are created to worship God. Ah, watch this. That is why Judas tried to stop the woman with the alabaster box to come in bringing the box because he was trying to stop her worship. The spirit of mammon tries to stop the worship. This is so important. If you stand from the pulpit and try to tell people what to give, you stop their worship. Ah. This is so important. The enemy desires your worship. Ah, this is so. And if he can take your money from you, he can take part of your worship from you. Why do you think Pharaoh said, you guys can leave Egyptians, but you can't take your cattle or your stuff with you? And Moses said, no, 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 no. We need things to offer to God once we get into a promised land. Listen, when we're out in the wilderness, we have to have our offerings. You cannot strip us of the things that we have to worship God. Watch, mammon wants your worship, so he tries to put greed inside you so that you will not fully worship God. Can I pastor you today? People don't even realize the spirit of mammon is an antichrist spirit. Look what Revelation says. Revelations. All right, I'm going to go to 2 Timothy. I'm jumping out of order. 2 Timothy 3 says this. Look at this. But in the last days... There will be terrible times. People will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Those that love money is a sign of the last days. Okay? But Revelation 13 says this. He, being the Antichrist, Revelation 13, 16, will also force everyone. Someone say forced. Small and great, rich and poor, slave and free, to receive a mark on his right hand or forehead. A lot of people think the Antichrist will rule with nuclear war. That's not what scripture says. The Antichrist will rule through mammon, fear of money. That you cannot buy, sell, or trade you can't get a paycheck. You can't go to work. I had a friend call me this week from Australia, and he said, we can't even work unless we're vaccinated. See, listen, I'm going to lean in to your, 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 your little governmental political bubble right now. Listen, this is not about a choice if you're for or against medical help. This is about the prereq, or this is about the preparation or the conditioning of people for the coming of an antichrist that they will force on you what they desire on you. Watch. And you cannot buy, sell, or trade without it. This is an antichrist spirit. The antichrist will use money and your fear of it to rule you. But some of you don't even need an antichrist. Because you're ruled by mammon the spirit before he gets here. I was praying for you this week. And all of a sudden the Lord showed me the men and women, the doctors, the nurses, 
the government workers. He, he showed me individuals that you lost your employment this year because you refused force mandates. And all of a sudden, I, I had this concern and I started praying for you. And then I stopped because I had no concern after a moment because I saw the supernatural favor of God on you. I saw the faith that moves mountains on you. I saw the favor of God on you. And I want to let you know that this pastor is impressed. This pastor is inspired. This pastor is proud of you. And this pastor is supporting you. The currency of heaven is not dollars. Hear this. The currency of heaven is faith. So what is the church going to do when we cannot buy, sell, or trade? You might have to go to a refrigerator by faith. And just like he provided mammon in the wilderness, or he provided uh, quail in the wilderness, or water from a rock that by faith you open it up and it's there, or by faith he transports you to where you need to go when you need to go there. Listen, we must rise up as a people of faith. I want to share with you the greatest rebuke the Lord has ever given me. And it has to do with mammon. And if I'm honest with you, it's probably the only time I've been offended with God. So I was about 10 years into full-time ministry. I'm in ministry. And one day I was just sitting on my couch and I'm frustrated. Things aren't working. There's not favor. I'm grinding. I'm working hard. It's just not happening. And I'm sitting on my couch and I hear the Lord say to me, you serve mammon. And instantly, I'm offended. I'm like, Lord, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I've been tithing since I was a child. In fact, my dad made me even give more than my tithe. <laughs> I, 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 I have given everything I have over and over. I, I've lost track of how many times Heather have, have given everything in our bank account over and over and over. We even, even did, it, did it recently. We've, we've done this over and over. Like, what, 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 do you, what do you mean that I serve mammon? And, and I was struggling as the Lord is rebuking me. And all of a sudden, he shows me a vision. Sorry, Lord. Mm. He shows me this vision. What's a vision? It's a spiritual daydream. And in this vision, I see these scales. And on one side of the scale is an amount of money. And on the other side of the scale is a miracle. And then the Lord began to show me my prayers. Lord, I, I, I either need this amount of money or I need this miracle. And he said, Landon, you just respond to the God that will answer first. I fell on my face. I laid on the carpet and I began to repent. Ten years into ministry and I had been praying more times than I could remember Lord, I either need this dollar amount or I need a miracle. 
here's the thing. Anytime you pray that, you equate the value of God to your money problem. And here's the thing, people of God. God never answers problems with money. Can I pastor you for a second? Let me give you some practical advice why I pastor you. Never pray for money. Some of you are having problems right now because you're like, uh-oh, what, what am I gonna, what, what's my prayer time gonna be about? From a scripture, from a theological standpoint, God's answer is never money. More money is never God's answer. In fact, the only time that money was a part of the answer was through a creative miracle that partnered faith and obedience where God said, go fishing. And when you throw down your line, you're gonna catch a fish. But inside this fish, there's gonna be a gold coin. Watch this, God's answer is never money. It's faith partnered with obedience, which creates creative miracles. So if it's manna in the wilderness falling from the sky, it's a creative miracle. If it's quail flying through the camp, it's a creative miracle. If it's water from the rock, it's creative miracles. If it's throw your nets to the other side, it's a creative miracle. If it's bring those jars of oil and bring them because the oil's going to keep pouring, it's a creative miracle. If it's bring that flour and cake because you're going to be eating good the rest of your days, it's a creative miracle. If it's the master has need of this cult, it's a creative miracle. Listen, he moves and creative miracles because creative miracles make mammon bow down. Mammon says money will fix it. Church, hear me. Stop praying for more money. Just pray, teach me your ways that I may know you and find your favor. Let's go back to Acts chapter five. We're gonna close with this. Acts chapter five. Hmm. Story of Ananias and Sapphira. The New Testament church is growing rapidly. Acts chapter 2, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. The church is growing in numbers daily. Discipleship is taking place. People are giving and sowing as, as, as needs come up. There's this beautiful generosity that comes to the New Testament church. And while people are giving in true generosity, others are mimicking generosity, but they're hypocrites. They are pretending to obey God and give as others did, but they were just going through the motions. This is a wild story. Because they lied about what they gave when they didn't have to. Peter said, the whole land belonged to you. You could have done whatever you wanted to do with it. But they had lied about it, watch Mammon, so that others would think that they were better than they were. And so 
Scripture says that they came. And here's what Peter said in Acts chapter 5, verse 3. He said this, this is so powerful. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart that you would lie to the Holy Spirit? See, Satan fills your heart through the spirit of mammon when he is the God that you love the most or you prefer to love. This is why the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. You'll either hate the one or love the other or despise the one and love the other. Here's the thing, there is not room in your heart for two gods. Watch. Mammon fills your heart when it's not full of the things of God. But mammon cannot fill your heart when it's full of the things of God. Pastor Ryan, come and join me. There is a war for your heart. And mammon uses money to conquer it. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm reminded of part of the prophetic word, the prophetic declaration at the beginning of this year of expanding territory was part of expanding territory was we were not going to give one inch. As I was praying for you this week, I felt in my spirit how we defeat the spirit of mammon is by not giving it one inch in our hearts. Mammon has no place to go in your life when your life is on assignment on the things of God. Do you know what took place? Scripture says, watch this, that as soon as Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead, Scripture says this, Acts chapter five, it says great fear spread through the church. Watch. Mammon tries to use fear to fill your heart. But the fear of money, that spirit of mammon was pushed out of the church because a greater fear came in. They unsat the principality by lifting up the highest power, the highest authority. It was taught amongst the people if you feel a spirit that's not the Holy Spirit coming in, just invite the greater spirit. Watch. The fear of the Lord is greater than a fear of money through mammon. 
The fear that I know him too well, he's going to provide. I know him too well, he's going to be pleased with my generosity. I know him too well, he's going to be pleased by my kindness. I know him too well that I can't outgive him. I know him too well that he gives back, pressed down, shaking together, running over. I know too well that when I fear him and honor him, he loves the birds. But scripture says he loves me even more than the birds. And if he takes care of them, he's going to take care of me. Listen, when you are full of the fear of God, there is no room for mammon. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place? I was on the trail this morning praying for you. And I had a vision, spiritual daydream of our entire congregation beginning to break the hold of mammon through thanksgiving. And all over this place, if you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to bow, you can bow. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. Whatever you want to do. But don't be quiet. Because mammon's not quiet. And would you just begin to thank the Lord? Would you begin to thank him out loud all over this place? Just begin to thank him. Just begin a heart posture of worship right now. A heart posture of thanksgiving right now all over this place. Just begin to thank him. Thank him for providing. Come on right now. Mammon will try to make you fearful of not running out even before you have stuff today. No matter where you are today, would you just begin to thank him? Would you thank him for the bed that you slept in last night? Would you thank him for the transportation that you got here today with? Would you thank him for the meal that you had today? day or yesterday? Would you begin to thank him for the health that's in your body? Even the things that aren't going right and well in your body right now, begin to thank him for what's working right. Begin to thank him for saving you. Begin to thank him for keeping you. Begin to thank him for his mercy. Begin to thank him for his grace. Begin to thank him for his goodness. Begin to thank him for his kindness. Begin to thank him for keeping you. Begin to thank him for protecting you. Remember when you were driving in your car and you almost got in that accident but he kept you. Just begin to thank him. Remember when he healed your body. Remember when he delivered your mind. Remember when you were addicted and he just delivered you in that moment. Remember when you were heartbroken and he came and restored you. Remember when he showed up. Remember that time in worship where he came and hugged you like a blanket and you felt his love and mercy all around you. Just thank him for a moment. Scripture says, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Now the next thing that we need to do as a corporate body is begin to break the stronghold of mammon. All over this place, if you have partnered in any way, shape, or form with any spirit but the Holy Spirit or the spirit of mammon, would you just begin to repent all over this place in the balcony? Do it with us all over this place. Just begin to repent. Just ask the Lord to forgive you right now. Just tell him, I repent. Even if you don't know how to do this, it's okay. Just say, I break all partnerships. I break all partnerships. I break my obedience. I resist the obedience that I had to mammon. I declare, mammon, I won't serve you any longer. I will not fear you any longer. I will not obey you any longer. I will not adhere to you any longer. Listen, some of you need to do this 
to the noise level that mammon has attacked you. If you have felt the attack of this spirit greatly, I would say then greatly lift your voice right now. Come on, this is a place, part of the prophetic word was we would get loud this year. This is where you begin to tell mammon and all of the familiar spirits that you will not serve him any longer. You have chose this day who your master is. If the Lord is on your side, get on the Lord's side. If Jehovah's your master, then choose Jehovah, but choose this day who you'll serve. Some of you need to tell them, mammon, I'll never serve you again. Mammon, I'll never obey you again. Mammon, I'll never bow to you again. I'll never let money determine my worship. I'll never let money determine my prayer life. Whoa, I felt this so strong in my spirit. Some of you need to repent for your prayers just being about money and watch what God does in your daily encounters. Just begin to repent right now. Father, I repent for not trusting you. I repent for believing the lies. I repent for believing the deceiver. I repent for every lie and deception. And I declare you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are the God of more than enough. You've always taken care of me. You have never let me down. I serve you and you only. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com.
Stay on this melody. Someone needs to begin to tell mammon to go in this place. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Come on, online campus. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Come on, the prophetic word was getting loud. Mammon, go. Worship team, come and join me. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Mammon, go and never come back. Come on, church, get louder. Tell them, Mammon, go. You spirit of fear, you go. You Mammon, go. Get off my business, Mammon, go. Get off my family, Mammon, go. Come on, get off our children, Mammon, go. Some of you have been terrified over your children, Mammon, go. Get off my ministry, Will Ford, Mammon, go. Get off my ministry. Pastors that are watching and listening, get off my church. Mammon, go. This is the Lord's. This is the Lord's. Come on, even louder. Come on, tell them. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. Mammon, go. You have no authority here. You have no jurisdiction here. You have none authority. Go in Jesus' name. As loud as you can, someone yell, Mammon, go. It didn't break through. Listen to me. This is not a shout. Let it cry from your spirit. Someone take a big breath. Breathe in the presence of God. Online campus, podcast friends, you need to do this right now. Breathe in the presence of God. I'm going to ask you to do this one more time and when you do it would you lift your hands as high as they go and I'm believing right now in a holy moment that this this spirit will be unseated breathe you're gonna need your oxygen breathe if you don't think this is necessary my prayer is that you would have ears to hear and hearts to receive that you would discern what the spirit of God is doing come on breathe in the presence of God do not yell let your spirit cry. Unseat this principality and lift up the highest authority. On the count of three, mammon, go. One, two, three. Mammon, go! All over this place, just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Just invite him to come. Just invite him to come. Just stay right on this melody, Pastor Ryan. Just invite him to come. Holy Spirit, come right here. Come right here. Right now, come fill the place where Mammon sat. Come fill the place. Invite the Holy Spirit into that place of fear right now. All over this place. Everyone in the balcony. Invite him in. Invite him in. Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. Come on, let him know I trust you. 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 I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust you, healer. I trust you, provider. I trust you, Abba. I trust you, Savior. I trust you. I trust you with my body. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my future. I trust you with everything. Come on, let him know. I trust you, Lord. Tell him, come sit right here. Come on. 
sing healer if you need healing for anything in your body lift your hands right now right where you're at if your hands are not up turn to someone and just pray over them right now all over this place come on saints right now all over this place just go pray over them all over this place dancers dance all over this room bring your flags dance all over this room Come on, you might have to get out of your seat. Balcony people, we might need you. Come on, if someone's got their hands, go find them, go find them, go find them. Pastors, go lay hands, pray. My healer, you are my healer. My healer, my healer, my Deep to knee deep. 
We wanna go from waist deep to chest deep Take us deeper, Lord From ankle deep to knee deep We wanna go from waist deep to chest deep We wanna go from ankle deep to knee deep From waist deep to chest deep Take us deeper, Lord From ankle deep to knee deep Wanna go from waist deep to chest deep Till I'm in over my head Till I'm in over my head Till I'm in over my head Till I'm in my head till I'm in over 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 my head it's high tide it's high tide in the river called glass hey. high tide in the river called glass we're jumping
jump in the water. We'll 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 jump in the water. Thank you for your presence here this morning. We honor your presence here. Who honors the presence of the Lord here this morning? What a morning. I was standing right there and I had a vision of a banner being raised over us here. And I want to encourage you with this that Jehovah Nisi is raising a banner over your life this afternoon. Father, we thank you for your presence here. We honor your presence. Father, we honor the word spoken here this morning. We honor the prophetic, the prophetic declarations here this morning. We're so thankful you would speak to us. What a word, right church? Look at this, Heart for Mercy is at the end of this month. As you exit our building, we're handing out some envelopes here, okay? And I want to challenge you and we're asking you to pray and ask the Lord what it is that you are supposed to sow into Heart for Mercy. We've handed out these booklets all over the sanctuary. Don't leave without one. It's sharing everything happening in our church. So I want to challenge you. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to partner with? And I promise you this, if you ask him, he'll speak to you. What an honor it is to partner with God's kingdom. Right, church? Come on. Incredible. Three ways that you can give online, on your phone, and or you can mail a check at the address on the screen. Everybody with your hands raised, let me bless you out, Lord. Teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor. Mercy Culture, we bless you. We love you. Have an incredible week. The altar team is here at the front. If you need prayer, 
If you need prayer, come up to the front. Our team is ready to pray with you. The waters are being stirred in this place every single week. There are testimonies of answers, of prayers being answered, of people coming here for prayer. We love you so much. Invite a friend or a family member next week.